previously on the Simply Human podcast. Man, this is where the real game is going on. You know, and for everybody listening, you're capable of so much and you know you are. Like there's so much that you can do, so much potential, but why are we not doing it? And it's just because of the inner psychology, it's the inner game, it's not the external thing. Getting in shape is not difficult. It's episode 114 of the Simple Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is the return of Katie Bowman. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Patty B. And we'll wrap up with our Simple Human Tip. The week. How are you, Rick? Oh, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. After uh, that, I'm I'm great after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did something. I made a mistake. <laughs> and I'm gonna pretend like I haven't heard this story yet. But uh, it, it was something that a lot a lot of times <laughs> I will wait to tell you something. But this one, like I just I couldn't I couldn't wait. Yeah, and I, I, if I would have known. If I would have realized yesterday we were recording today, I would have insisted that you not tell it yeah. until you told me on the air. But man, I'm really glad that you did. This okay. is uh, this is like the the story of me breaking the key off in the lock, trying to take a dump at work. Like that, that's very uh, classic me. Well, this story is very classic, Mark. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there is okay. So when I did the sleep talk at the Jasa retreat back in September, I had my brother. The famous designer who had a little Super Bowl uh, job that was on this Super Bowl commercial, Toyota Prius Four. <laughs> you probably saw oh, my, it. My little, my little brother, Peyton Manning. Man, older brother, he's Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. <laughs> Shut up. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, yes. So I had him. Like I sent him all the information. Like, Here's all the sleep talk stuff. Make this into like design this into like a little one sheeter that I can pass out at the retreat. And so he did. And I included in the Jossa Retreat information packet, if you will, I, there were, I, I did a bunch of research and I pulled all these, uh, you know, like one-liners, one sentence basically summarizing all the research studies that I could find or that I felt like were good studies that were relevant to what I was talking about. And so one of the bullet points I had in there for an adult audience, secular adult audience, is that mm-hmm. good, good way to say that? Oh, yeah. Is bullet point each additional hour of sleep in, and this is from a legitimate study. You know, each additional this is from me. Right, <laughs> right. There's there's data backing this up. Each additional hour of sleep increased the likelihood of sex with a partner by fourteen percent, and that vaginal arousal was also improved among women who slept longer on average. So I threw that Talk bullet slower. Right. So I threw that bullet point in as the last little thing on this one seater, just like, hey, 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 oh, you know, there's another benefit. Hey, oh, you know, like, haha. But yeah, this is legitimate. You know, it's kind of funny, whatever. That's like funny bullet point. So <laughs> I've given that sleep talk. So I'm giving the talk to like a bunch of Girl Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of Boy Scouts. Um, so. <laughs> So I gave the talk at a at at the public library in in my city, and I had Jeff go in and take that one out. So I had two different sleep like a human one sheeters. Okay. So I was asked by a friend uh, that works at the university that I work at, and she wanted me to stop. Pause. Pause very quickly for anyone who's not super familiar. I'm not going to give the name of the school, but this is a. 
small conservative Christian university uh, that is not down with giving people a lot of information about uh, how the whole proceeds of sex works. Although there's one class that everyone takes, like I don't know, it's very strange. But uh, so this is not something that would be like not even remotely close to being appropriate anywhere within. Like, of our I'm not at like I'm not at Chico State here. I'm at a very conservative. Uh, yeah, this is not. Yeah. We're not at Cal Berkeley, yeah. like in uh, ni- you know 1968, <laughs> having free love and stuff like that. It's yeah. uh, very much the opposite of that. There's no free love. So, in fact, for a long time, they wouldn't allow men and women to swim at the same time at the pool because right. that's just the the dorms are, are are not coed. They are girl. There's women's dorms. There's men dorms. There's there's there rules no about dances, when. There's yeah yeah. So, um, <laughs> I printed off the wrong one sheeter for this class, oh. and it's a social work class. And I walk in, and there's there's probably twenty what I think are twenty freshman girls, and there was mm-hmm. one boy man no <laughs> in this class. And so I see I, that had to that would have been my strategy in college, by the way. It's yeah. Like, Take all the give me in on the classes. class with all the girls, yeah. right? So I'm giving my little talk. Although none of them, and somehow I work their bodies. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know how it happened. One, I thought I had a one one cheater where that was the last bullet point, and one where it wasn't at all on there. <sighs> somehow one got created. I don't know how this happened because it's a PDF that Jeff edits, not me. This bullet point got moved up to about like right in the middle of all my bullet points. So I'm going along. So when I'm, you're looking to see if it's the right sheet, you're looking for the very last right. bullet point. You're and like, it's oh, not it's there. It's not the one about uh, vaginas. Right. Let's give, print 100 copies. Yes. And so we're going through, and they're all asking questions, and we're going through. And I get to that bullet point, and I'm kind of reading off and then saying something about the bullet point and then reading off. And I get to that one. It's each, each, each additional hour of sleep increased the likelihood. Of, and, I was, and I saw the likelihood of, and I, you know, my, my, I didn't say sex out loud, but I saw that oh, sex God, with a partner. Oh, God, if you would have, they would have. Well, I so, you right off so I read that, you know, sex with a partner by 40% and then I see the word vaginal and I was just like, oh, um, <clears throat> uh, I, okay, I'm, I was, this is the wrong, uh, I'm really, I didn't mean to, uh, so, I'm sorry if that offends anyone. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, this was, that was a mistake. I did not mean to have that one on there. I'm really, and I was just like fumbling all over, tripping all over myself. Completely bogged down on it when in reality, if you would have just seen it and like motor. Right yeah. If I just read like, it. Oh yeah. No, yeah. Have you ever sleep? Uh, helps your sex life. So yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Right. You might've got a giggle, but this old Mark Rogers up there <laughs> with his simply human shirt on <laughs> face red going every girl in the class is raising their hand like what does that word vaginal mean I don't even I've never even seen that word before so it was so I just I, you know I felt my I felt myself get all red and it, I was flustered whoa that's not what I thought you were going with it. oh yeah well, yeah whatever <laughs> So I finished the thing, and they asked they asked some questions, and we talk, and I leave. And I, when I left again, I was, I just I sort of said again, like, "Hey, just for the record, really to hope that didn't offend anyone. I'm really sorry." Well, so I I like text my friend, like the teacher of the class, right? You know, I was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I hope that that didn't like, you know, wasn't too inappropriate or whatever." And she's and so she wrote me back, and I was mistaken. Those were all she said. They're they're all seniors, and she said half of the those girls were engaged, like they're engaged or married. So it's like they're so it's like about adults. Time they learn how that works anyway. Well, it's like they're adults, and she was like, "We just did a t- another talk about that kind of stuff. It's not a big deal, really. It's no big deal." So like it made me feel a lot better. But for about an hour there, I was like, "Well, I'm fired." <laughs> that was really classic, Mark Rogers. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad, sir. 
uh, serve the purpose. So before we get to why I unfriended you on Facebook, um, <laughs> which is a really great story. <laughs> yeah. So I've been going back and forth with Squatchy, Rob, you know, Chris, uh, Rob Wolf's oh, yeah, assistant. Yeah. Simply he, human zone, Squatchy. Yes. So we're we're going over. You know, okay, can can Rob do this day? Well, he's got this book. Can we can we push it back? Email me this date, or okay, it's not going to work. Okay, let's push it back. Email me this day. So we keep we've been doing that. So finally, I get. I get this. Um, I, I, I email. It. I email back Squatchy. When would be a good time to follow up? You know, so I'll email you, kind of thing. Um, so he writes back. Since I'm not sure of a timeline, and since we're having to delay a number of interview requests, I'm going to make a document with interview requests to make it easier to keep track of. Then we can just follow back up with you and everyone else when he gets a chance to start doing them. Does that sound good? Translation. Don't call uh, don't us. Don't call us. We'll call you. We'll call you. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> he said it like so nice. It was like such a polite and way to say it. But like I, uh, you know, reading reading through the lines there, uh, he's not gonna. He, he's not he gonna faxed, follow. Then he actually faxed you a photo, a picture of Rob Wolf's <laughs> yeah. middle finger. So, <laughs> so that may or may not happen. Probably not. Be based uh, on that, of course. Yeah, may or may not, huh? He he might surprise us and follow back up, but I highly doubt it. So we nope. tried. We tried. We will never have Rob Wolf on. You you I'm glad I didn't tell my I'm glad I didn't tell my mom. Yeah. You're gonna listen to the show. Rob Wolf's gonna be on. This guy you never heard of, but he's really famous. You have a new app, Rick, and I Okay. <laughs> I'd like to start off by telling the story this way. I have a group text message with some people that I work with. I think we've five referenced or six it. guys. Oh and, no, no, no. Uh, new new group that. Yeah, sorry. What? Sorry, no what I no, nothing. Nothing. Okay, yeah. yeah. I want you to shut up. Then. <laughs> well, yesterday, I'm trying to describe the dynamic here. Uh, everyone, like in every kind of group message or group, I guess in general, there's like, hey, this this guy's the the goofball. This guy's the man whore. This there's the overtexter. Yeah. So like everyone assumes a role at some point. Well, uh, I guess yesterday I got a text in that group of someone we work with. Their Facebook. But the status is like something like crazy inappropriate. I'm not going to say on here. And I was like, what the hell? Did someone hack this girl's Facebook? No. My fr- another friend of, of, of mine at work had uh, come up with a really genius plan. So he's got like a, a photo editing app, like a pretty common one. It has like a drawing tool and a text box tool or whatever. Yeah. Well, he uh, – took a screenshot of this girl that we work with, her Facebook, and painted over the uh, the actual status with white paint so you can see on the app, and then put it overlaid a text box over that and put this, this ridiculous, like, over-the-top, next-level Facebook status update. And it looks like it came right off of Facebook. It's the same font, everything. And when I found out exactly how he was doing it, it was a game changer for me. So I don't tell unbeknownst uh, to me who's yeah, sitting innocently. Mark, and another group, we've talked about this before group text with a couple of friends that we grew up with. Uh, I uh, take a screenshot of Mark has made a status update about how there's like a reunion for the baseball team yeah. at ACU. And Mark wasn't on the baseball team cause he wasn't a very good athlete, but uh, it just basically not, like, Hey, it was good to see you fellas or something. And like, I'm not arguing sharing with that, the schools like true. <laughs> sharing the school status update about the baseball reading or whatever, and he, he has like a little he adds like little text in there. Hey, it was great to see you fellas or something. Yeah. 
So I take a screenshot of that and I paint over the. It was great to see you, fellas. And I overlay a text box. I'm not going to put what I said yes. on here. We'd have, it would just really be not appropriate hold on, hold on. What if, what if you read it and I just bleeped out the entire like? It would be like a no, 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 no. I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Like it's just too next case. level. But it was yeah. basically just like the most wheels off. <laughs> oh. just not appropriate at all. Line and I overlay that with that. Like it, it would have gotten me. Like it would have gotten me fired. Yeah, it would have gotten me fired if like it was an oh, actual. Yeah. Like, it might not have even got you fired. It might have got you fired and like and arrested. arrested. Yeah. And I send this to the group, and it looks just like Mark's Facebook status. Well. And uh, it was so realistic. Mark immediately sends back. Hang on, let me pull up the group message just so I can quote <laughs> well, exactly. Hang on. Leave out the uh, expl- expletives, please. No, I'm, not a, I'm not a moron here, idiot. Okay. Well, anyway, let me go to it. So, uh, I I send the picture, and it's really funny. Like <laughs> I'm looking the, at the picture now, and I'm laughing. Probably again. in the same minute, I responded. Yes. Like, uh, no. Yes, in the same minute, Mark responds with, with "quote What the f is that w- up? Take that down. How does that say my name? You're gonna get me fired, you effing idiot." <laughs> And I put on there, I don't understand. Why are you out doing these things that make Facebook status? And everyone's laughing, laughing, laughing. And uh, Mark just sends a picture of how he has unfriended me on Facebook <laughs> because I guess he thinks that I hacked his Facebook like I'm Operation Swordfish over yeah. here, like just reworking all of his status updates. But then uh, – so that's – that has given me oh. just the idea of – altering people's Facebooks that has given me a whole new lease on life. I've made about 10,000 just ridiculous ones of those over the last couple of days. So, Well, um, speaking so there of, you go. Uh, I bleeped out what you said that I got you for Christmas on the last show. And I had somebody... What did you get me? Hang on. I had somebody text... What I didn't get for you for Christmas. You lied about it. Um, I Wait, received what? it for Christmas and then and then passed it oh, on Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and did we talk about that on the last show? Yeah, so somebody texted me like, what did you get Rick for Christmas? Because, <laughs> uh, oh, and I'll be deleting that now again. Stop. <laughs> I keep saying it over and over to make sure Mark has to do extra work. Yeah, yeah, please don't, especially when my my little editing app or my editing software is taking a long time. I'll be cursing your name. <laughs> uh, um, let's, let's play a... Uh, I want to play a voicemail. This one's thirty-nine seconds. Let me try to find a short one. There one's thirteen seconds. I think I've settled. I think we've settled. This is the right way to do this. Like uh, the simply human voicemails is like uh, just a little drive-by. Like, hey, by the way, here's a funny voicemail we got this week. And by the way, they're all Lonnie apparently does nothing but sit around giving us voicemails. Hey, Rick, Lonnie here, still driving. Just thought I'd share with you that my battery life on my cell phone is at sixty-nine percent. <laughs> that was it. So that's that's what's happening. Lonnie spends a lot of time driving. So man, no kidding. And calling. I uh, I think about uh, I think about taking a screenshot every single time I look down at my phone. Battery life is at sixty nine percent. But I'm like, I don't think anyone would think it's as funny so. as me. Um, let's see. I need to edit out all of the dead space around 
voice. This is good podcast radio. Uh, let's Man, get let's get to the professional broadcasting. Let's get to the interview. Um, go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Email us simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. We will say on the uh, if you go to the store tab, if you scroll down a little bit, we still have the uh, coupon code for the nutrients, the multivitamin. We haven't talked about that. Oh yeah, and the skinny fat. It's all on there. Uh, and if you if you can't find it for some reason, just email me if you want to look at that. Like us on Facebook, um, Instagram, also Twitter. the store page. Uh, thank you to everyone who has donated a little bit of something, something to the show uh, in the last few weeks. You have helped us. Uh, we may make some equipment upgrades. We may uh, make some server upgrades and stuff like that. So yeah. thank you so much to everyone who has taken a moment to donate a little bit to us. And if you would like to donate a little bit to us, and I mean a little bit, if you gave five dollars, that would be really awesome. If everybody gave five dollars, we could. Who, uh, uh, we can set ourselves up for quite some time, but yep. uh, that's on the store tab as well. And uh, so, real quick, Darcy and Denise, yes. thank you for your recent uh, donations. Um, yes, thank you so much. And I think I said everything I need to say. Let's get to the interview with Katie. We talked to her about cellular deformations, nutritious movement, bed sores, foot pain, cardio, optic flow, and you are how you move. Here's Katie. Joining us today for the third time, and uh, it's a pretty exclusive group that has been three or more times, uh, Katie Bowman is on the show. Super excited to have her back on. Anybody that's uh, listened to earlier shows that she has been on, you know who she is. You know what she's done, uh, all the books she's written, uh, all the, the certifications she has. She's the founder of Nutritious Movement best-selling author, Whole Body Barefoot, Move Your DNA, Alignment Matters, Every Woman's Guide to Foot Pain Relief, which is Rick's favorite book. Um, yes, yeah, so I just read it yesterday. It was yes, terrific. He is a woman. <laughs> uh, Feel-good story of the year. <laughs> and then I guess, is Don't Just Sit There is out. Is it? Is it? It is. Yeah, it came out in December, and then Diastasis Recti came out in February. Yeah, and okay. crazy. Awesome. Well, yeah, this show is going to be up on the 14th. Valentine, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Katie. Valentine's Day, everybody. I actually, Rick, are you doing anything fun for Valentine's Day? Uh, not particularly. My wife and I, we don't really get down with that. Okay, that's good. Uh, I also believe <laughs> that... That Valentine's Day is just a big is a big marketing scam. Uh, so what I am doing today, and we're recording this a few days before, but there are three other guys that you're all going to make fun of me when I tell you this. The the three of well, us, yeah. the three of us plus me, so four of us are going to a nursing home to sing barbershop songs to the ladies in the nursing home and hand out roses. What? Well, it's going to be on TV too, so. We're going to be on oh TV. Oh, my gosh. Add that to the bragging montage. <laughs> awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. You've been It's been crazy for you. I know you've relaunched some stuff, and you've got stuff going. I always see you on social media. You started a uh, – you've got your 42 or 43 episodes in uh, to a podcast, which I have listened to several of the shows and have, uh, and have really enjoyed that. So uh, thanks for being with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Okay, so one of the things that I think I either heard you talk about something, read an article or something that you had written, and, and this idea came to mind. And I was like, I want to have Katie on to talk specifically about that, and then we'll see we'll see where that takes us. And it's this idea that you know, if you're talking to someone, let's say I, you know, I have a client, and I'm saying, okay, you need to walk, uh, you know, ten thousand steps a day or whatever it is, and they say, well, hold on, I have a car. I have a motorized scooter. I have a Segway. Maybe as, as if you're Rick, you have a, a hoverboard. Um, yes, of yeah. course. 
so like, why do I need to walk? Why does my body need to walk if I have things that will do that for me? Like, like you know, why do I need to chew my food? I have a, I have a Vitamix. I can just chew my food up and drink all my food. Like, so this idea that technology, why do we still need to do things that our bodies were designed to do if we if we have these other things that can do it for us? So I will let you run with that. Well, I think it's a it's a big. You can take a lot of different perspectives. Um, one way would be to look at it from the point of nutrition, where movement, when you reduce it down to just cellular deformations that come about as you change your position over the planet's surface, um, are a sort of nutrient. They're an they're an input. So it's kind of similar to food, where it it actually is something essential that you need to be taking. Um, but I, I'm trying to think of what you might have heard, yeah. and it, it might have been on. I think it's probably um, on the Rob when I was on Rob Wolf's podcast yeah. last, right? That which was, um, you know, I'm, we're talking about adaptation. So adaptation is really the addition or removal of parts to your body to make it function in a particular um, environment or habitat, right. however you like to think about that. And so there's nothing really, if you don't want to walk because you have a car, I'm thinking right now of Wally, the movie right, Wally. Right, yes, yes. Gets a- so what's wrong with that? Like, wh- like if, if, if that's your question, so what is, what is wrong then with the scenario that Wally paints, which are people who really don't have the bone strength to be able to walk because they had never had, they've always been in chairs, but the chairs are floating around right. and their food is brought directly to them. Um, so the only issue, like let's say that it's not, a, movement isn't a nutrient. Oh, I'm going to stop talking until this phone stops ringing. Sorry, well, guys. I, I have a, uh, <laughs> I'm in I'm a, a super loud dog. Like it, uh, <laughs> there it goes. It's on, it's on 10 rings. Just oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a, uh, a child monitor in this room. My son is having trouble, uh, getting down for his nap. And I don't know if you can hear that in the background or not. I can hear your cold. That's what I can hear. Does he yeah. have a cold? Too? I have the sniffling thing. I think I do think though. If I didn't neti pot every morning, like I would have a sinus infection right now. Like I, I fully <laughs> convinced of that. Like I, I've been like normally in the past when I have this for more than just two or three days, I always get some type of horrific fever and sinus you know, infection <laughs> and all that. But every day, like even like this morning, neti pot. Side note, like I got it all ready. Like I put it through, and like it was just just barely dripping out but i it was it was enough i think to kind of break up some of that stuff and i, I at least i can breathe get some movement yeah um okay i'll go back Sweet. um so where did i leave off oh so if we don't if we don't consider movement to be a nutrient then the problem arises when you look at adaptations to to that your adaptations are only beneficial should your environment or ecosystems stay the same. So in animal populations, one of the precursors of extinction um, are some sort of, you know, if you're looking at evolutionary theory, one of the precursors to the eradication of a species or a, a a species in a particular location is when the environment changes so radically that you don't have the parts to be able to cope. So your hover board is awesome unless 
someday you go to plug it in and there's no electricity for you to be able to plug it in. So the comment that I made, I think, when I was on Rob Wolf was talking about you know, we, are, we are adapted in the same way that we could say that humans are adapted kind of to fire or to heat for the process of cooking food or whatnot um, and have a whole system that is adapted based on having that for a long period of time. You, you are requiring that there be continuous fossil fuels and, and an, a government infrastructure, perhaps, that works exactly the same in right. the future. And these are the questions that scientists of a different type are trying to, um, they're trying to figure out. We can't continue at the rate that we are going. There are certain places that don't have water, Flint being one of them. <laughs> And then you see what, what happens is you see what happens. Like you can look at it, you could call it sickness or disease, but you can really um, also look at it in terms of adaptations. You don't have the parts to be able to deal with water with particular parts of iron in it, and it makes you sick. Um, same thing goes for if you don't have bone strength, then say that there is a – I live on the Olympic Peninsula where, you know, they're predicting, predicting a very large earthquake. You know, like what happens if I – live in a place where there is no electricity for three weeks or, or, or longer than that. Or if foodstuffs, if everything, something in your environment radically changes either because of a natural disaster or you just run out of water based on wherever you live, would you be able to continue to survive in that environment or would you not be able to? So I think that there's a whole bunch of people who, if there was some sort of radical shift, wouldn't be able to survive very well. So that's, that's the larger, I think, commentary that I have on the direction humans are going is when we have technology, technology is certainly beneficial to an extent, but you are adapting to the technology. You are adapting to the tool, whether the tool is a backpack. Like if you can't carry for if you're a backpacker and you're like, hey, no problem, I, I backpack, you know, 17 miles. I did the Pacific Crest Trail. But your ability to do that probably depends on some technology, whether it's shoes or your backpack. You couldn't carry all the things in your arms. You don't have the mental capacity to figure out how to accomplish. Um, capacity is not the right word. You don't have the parts. You don't have the skills, whether you – can think about it or physically do it to accomplish a 17-mile walk, getting your stuff from point A to point B. If someone didn't make your rubber, your plastic, if, if 30 or 60 or 600 other people were not doing the movement for you that you want to not do. Right. So technology, technology is really someone else has done the movements for you and so, somewhere some on the level, planet movements yeah. have been done on your behalf to make movement less necessary for you in your particular class and where you live and in a time and in a state or a country. So I just like to keep the broader um, echo. It's like an ecologist's perspective of people are moving, even if it's just not you. So yeah. you are impacting the globe, whether you think of it that way or not. Yeah. And, and so is there, you know, like, because then I'll get people like, 
you know, oh, well, yeah, so I, I can't do a pull-up. Well, the only time I'm going to do a pull-up is if I'm hanging off of a burning building. Well, that's uh, the chances of that aren't going to happen, so I'm just not going to ever worry about doing pull-ups. Sure. But or, or like, oh, I, I'm going to take my chances on, in, on the earthquake. The earthquake's never going to affect me that bad. Well, do you think there's some sort of, like, other than, you know, being able to pick up an unconscious body and run with him out of a burning building or some sort of emergency or civilization breaks down, is there something that happens to us beyond that that's, that's, I don't know if it's a hormonal thing or if it's just the fact that we're doing things, the benefit of just doing things that we're designed to do? Like, what is that benefit? Well, okay, so that's that's going back to my first point, which is, movement isn't really as optional as you'd like to think it is, you know? So if you don't move your feet, then you get a mass reduction in your foot. The bone mass starts going down, the muscles in between the toes go down, the nerve conduction goes down. So your body, movement of your body is very much like a self-winding clock. So it's this larger perspective, again, back to nature and how things are packaged is your muscles aren't only there to move your body around the movement them them moving to move your arm bone also does other things it cleans up the area it feeds the area it cleans up the area and so while you might not ever need to use let's say your latissimus in a way where you could get your arms over your head and like haul your body weight up to the top of the roof or wherever you're trying to go to be able to pull your body weight up. Like, like you may never have to do that for your own survival in an acute or an emergency type scenario. Over the long term, you moving your arms in this particular way based on your, your weight and you being able to pull yourself up, that's part of what keeps your system healthy. It's kind of your gutter clean out. It's, it's what loads the cells in that area that causes them to continue to behave a particular way. So, you know, in a most general sense, we talk about the benefits of exercise. It's like you could list them. It's like, oh, it's, you're try- it's you know, weight loss or it's um, muscle mass, fat loss or muscle mass, probably a better way to delineate it, um, bone density, cardiovascular flexibility like we have all these big categories of the benefit but on a on a smaller level they're actually trying to figure out what did it, what is it about exercise that re, that reduces your risks of all diseases and injury yeah. across the board and they can figure out that it has something to do with the individual cellular response to movement that that there is a Uh, epigenetic change in tissues that move versus tissues that don't move. So your tissues are different. You have the same gene, but they're expressing themselves differently when you move a body part versus not moving a body part. So it's like, it's like, uh, you know, our, our people that live a long time, they live a long time. Oh, they're, they're, uh, they exercised a lot. They're, they're chronic exercisers. So it was the, they had more muscle mass, which is which is the reason they lived longer, or is it like what you just said? It's not necessarily that they were moving in a particular way. It was just the fact that they were moving, did other things that that created longevity and and health and and robustness on a sort of on a global scale uh, over their whole system, and not just about one one little miniature or not miniature, but just like one little segment of like muscle. Yeah, well, I think that exercise is a problematic word because right. they're they. So the biggest 
the example that I use most often because it's the most clear, I think, is in the New York Times, they reported on a study where uh, they had people do, quote, you know, cardio, get to a cardio state, but only using half of their body. So I think they were like cycling on one side of their body (laughs) for um, a fixed amount of time over oh, 12 weeks or whatever it was. And then they could take a muscle biopsy of the side that they did exercise on and the side that they didn't do exercise on, even though their whole body was exercising, right? It, like you wouldn't say that only they, they only exercise with the right half of their body versus their left half of the body. But you might say that a runner is exercising their whole entire body if you see their arms and their legs moving, but what about their feet in shoes? In which case, while they are exercising, there are parts of them that aren't really participating in that. So I bring that up a lot. I've probably brought it up on your show before, which is you can be moving your whole body, but there are parts of your body that are not moving. And so exercise really implies um, the state's that results from doing a bout of exercise. Cardio is one of those things. So here you have a group of people doing cardio. Their heart rate was up. Their blood pressure was indicating someone who was doing cardio, but they're only moving half of their body. The only side that changed was a side that was moving. So exercise itself is probably not the best breakdown of what's protective as much as uh, local movement in particular areas. So there are people who live longer. You could say that they have more muscle mass. That's a general measure. But then if you start getting into it more and more deeply, you'll figure out like, what is their distribution of movement throughout a day or throughout a lifetime? You know, who are the people who live the longest and why um, they did, you know, studies on people and have found that sitting, if you are a chronic sitter and exercise a little bit, that you're kind of experiencing the same mortality rates as people who, who um, don't exercise at all, right? Because it's such a small portion of the yeah. day. But when that movement is walking, that that can be protective, more protective of sitting. So it's just about, the, I think, the specificity of movement and the fact that you really should evaluate movement, I mean, on the cellular level, which is kind of ridiculous, but more so think about how much of your body you are moving and how much you are moving to see why, uh, to see why movement is part of the maintenance system of the structure. It's what keeps you from, it's what it's protective from disease because as you were, as your body was evolving, there was never a time in which movement was not also happening. Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's how it works. Like that's how biology basically works is if you have survived up to this time, it's because the tissues that you had kind of matched the needs that the environment was creating. So we're in this period of mis- mismatch a little bit where you don't need to use your arms or your legs or really anything. If you can type on a keyboard or even talk into something that convert it, you can pretty much have all of your life stuffs, right? right? But you will die. You will be ill if someone is not moving on your behalf. Like it is not an option to go lie down in your bed for six months. Like People, somebody somebody has to bring you food. Like there's movement and somebody has to move for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's outsourced. But even even more than that, 
if you were completely still, you would, your your flesh would start rotting, right? right? That's what bed sores are. Yeah. You you can't have you can't have continuous pressure on your body. Tissues break down, and so we know quite quite clearly that movement is not optional. It's just it's easiest to see on the extremes of the continuum. It's harder to see why doing a pull up would result in you know better better distribution of these epigenetic changes that come from doing regular movements. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So it's not even about like the, you're, you're always prepared for an emergency. It's just, if you want your body to function right, you need to have a a large distribution of, of movement. And I like how, uh, you said before that, you know, just exercising and, and allowing other parts of you to not participate in that. It's like sitting down. I, I use this analogy today, actually. Uh, and eating like a big bowl of like supplement pills, like 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 vitamin C pills with the magnesium pill. You know, it's like that. I mean, your body can can take that and use it sort of, you know, like, uh, but it's not, it's not the design. It's not, that's not what we were supposed to do. You could probably survive like that, but you won't thrive. You'll just sort of be be sickly. <laughs> I'm not even sure you could survive. Yeah. I don't think you, could, you couldn't survive at all eating a bowl of minerals <laughs> and vitamins because there's no calories in it. Right, right. right? Yeah. It's, a redu- it's a reduced input. You yeah. wouldn't be able to survive at all. But also to be clear, my earlier comment is not about survival of being able. I wasn't saying Well, that, that was not what I was able- saying. Right, right, right. I know, yeah. I know. But like, it's really about the environment rapidly changing. Yeah. Like this, this is always what uh, the we see it as a cataclysmic event or a large event, but it can be a very subtle yeah. shift of something that all of a sudden you don't have. I mean, a lot of people can't walk. Yeah. And I know your friend knows this because he's read every woman's guide to foot pain relief, probably nightly. When we talk about, of course, I'm reading it right now. I know you are. I know you are. I know that <laughs> you guys should actually, you know, you and your wife can read that on Valentine's Ooh, Day. Ooh, there you go. While you give her a foot massage, she can read it out loud to you like poetry. Um, <laughs> You know, we're talking about the <laughs> foot pain. Foot pain is this early indication that you might have to go into a home sooner as an old, as an older person because you will not be able to provide basic functions for yourself because almost every basic function requires you be able to move. Yeah. If you're in so much pain where you can't move, as anyone who's ever thrown out their back will know, all of a sudden you are paralyzed and it's only by outsourcing your movement to other people that you can continue to function. So we've been outsourcing all of our movement for a very long time, and it's very much wrapped into these larger issues of of culture, but also the state of the ecosystem, environmentalism, and and conservation. I think in general. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's that's greatness. Um, so your your last or one of your most recent podcasts was uh, it was episode forty two, and you you talked about cardio. Um, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit and how this just like what are the misconceptions of cardio? And like when you, when you hear people say, well, hold on, hold on. You're telling me I don't have to run for an hour on the treadmill. What, what about my, uh, what about my heart health? My heart will be healthy unless it's, you know, I do cardio. Like what is, what is the response to that? Well, it's mostly what I would just say. I would say, go listen to everything that I just said, (laughs) but it's, but it's, it's essentially that cardio, your heart does not work in a vacuum. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we think of your heart as this muscle that is pumping things around. And when you conjure up your cardiovascular system, you're probably thinking of an anatomy book 
where it's just these red and blue lines and a drawing with a heart, and that's the entire system. But your cardiovascular system's job is to deliver tissues, uh, deliver oxygen and nutrients to tissues at the capillary level, which are the, all the little tiny lines that are not drawn in your anatomy book. It's off of like the tubes are the highways, the capillaries are the country roads, and your blood has to travel quite far. But your blood can only get into those capillaries or gets into those capillaries well when you move the muscles that are around those capillaries. So if you have large parts of your body that don't move because your exercise program doesn't use those parts of your body and or you also are sedentary the bulk of the time or you move quite a bit but you have these old injuries or these stiffnesses and, and which case it affects the the movement on a, on a more micro level and all of this is covered in move your DNA in the cardiovascular right. section yeah. that you have areas that are sedentary within your body. So cardio is like a whole state response to something that your whole body might not be participating in. So back to that New York Times thing is cardio does not make your whole body better. Cardio only induces the changes in the muscles and the body parts that you used for that right. bout of exercise. So cardio is just kind of like, again, it's, it's, it's just like um, kind of a solution that you would come up with in a movement a movement drought, kind of like how can I atone for large swaths of sedentarism? It's like, okay, well, then I'll do something higher in in intensity to kind of offset the amount of time that I didn't do as much. So I think just that whole podcast is kind of just a, it's a, a broader idea of your systems work better altogether. So in the same way, you wouldn't train only your biceps. It's more functional to use your biceps in some sort of large whole body motion, your your cardiovascular system is best trained in a more functional way, which was, is considering how it needs to perform all of the time relative to all of your body parts. Yeah. And I think that that goes across all of the the pillars of the Simply Human lifestyle. You know, it's like it all works together. Uh, you know, if you're not eating right, if you're not, you know, managing your stress, if you're not, if you're not getting good sleep, uh, all that. So, you know, the, the answer to the person who says, well, well, hold on, you're telling me I don't have to do the elliptical for 30 minutes. That's going to affect, negatively affect my quote unquote cardio, uh, my heart health. It's like, if you're doing things that you're, that you're designed to be doing, your heart is going to be just fine. If you're moving in, in large, uh, scales of movement and doing all sorts of, of different types of movement. If you're eating, you know, human foods and if you're getting good sleep, like your heart is like, what, where's the heart danger? You know, unless you just well, have like a not, genetic not thing. I've dumb this down so far because like you guys are gone on a whole other plane uh, than I am, but like to dumb this down to, uh, you know, Joe six pack or whatever, that was it right there. You have to do what you're designed to do because your body is designed to, to function under those circumstances your body is designed not to live for 15 years and crap out it's designed to last you know 70 80 years whatever so it's about finding out what you're supposed to do it's kind of what like a lot of this is how i'm like my takeaway from it is oh okay yeah yeah but they're all supposed to work in concert just you know four fingers on a glove i guess so to speak and i think instead of thinking about it as um like my point is not here's why you should stop doing cardio right. as much as it is here are all the other things. Dang it, the phone. <laughs> it's really it's, you. 
<laughs> hey, Jim Laird was on a few weeks ago, and his dog was barking like through 15 minutes of the interview. Like, you, compared to, to Jim Laird's dog, I cannot even hear that phone. Yeah, okay, well, okay, good. Uh, well, then I'll just keep going. This, go. is, this is what my life sounds like all the time. Um, <laughs> instead, instead of thinking about what not to do, it's here are all the th- other things that you should do, which would change your experience when you did cardio. Because yeah. yeah, I feel like okay. people, have all, people have already, whatever you're doing is already right. I think that there's kind of be a doing tendency right. like to, to condone or condemn, you know, especially as we're changing this ancestral model or whatever. It's like, you have to stop doing that because that's not natural. I'm like, well, getting your heart rate up and going for a run, you know, or a sprint or whatever you want to think, that's not necessarily unnatural. What's unnatural is is the large swaths of sedentary, immobile living that you have done in your entire life around it. So if you already have a passion for and a love for and are adapted to this thing that you're doing, that's fine. But look at all the other time and start making changes there because I'm tinkering with the same 45 minutes or an hour and a half that you've kind of refined is to miss the point that the movement is to be found in all of those other times. So start tinkering with all of those other times and you're going to find a better outcome overall. Yeah, that's what we had, uh, Rick. I remember we had Ryan and, and John on a few weeks ago. Uh, we, we had had this this conversation about the other 23 hours. You know, yeah. it's not just about like, yeah, you could be working out for an hour a day, but it doesn't, that really doesn't over outweigh the other 23 hours in the day. And if you're not taking care of those 23 hours, and then the other thing is, if you start doing things like you're designed to do, you, you might find that you don't have time to do the 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 one or or that one hour of quote unquote cardio isn't as beneficial as you know the the walk that you take, the hour and a half walk that you take after you get home from work or you know with your family or something. Well, and I think I think that illustration twenty three hours was uh, really important for me because you have to. I mean. Your life is – I think Katie said this earlier about your heart. Your heart doesn't work in a vacuum. We don't exist in a vacuum, and life is about doing all the things that we're supposed to do, not just about slogging away on the elliptical or whatever. So I have to worry – I should worry more about the 23 hours than I do about that one hour. Yeah, really we've got, a good point for me. We've gotten hyper-focused on that hour, right? There yeah, absolutely. And, and you're just fretting over like, oh, how do I – make the perfect hour and you're kind of missing the bigger point like the, that hour is moot it that hour is it's one 24th of all the other times start looking yeah. at all the other times when you're sitting still or when you're like hanging out with your wife you know sitting there going we could be taking a walk right now like there are just so many that should be everyone's valentine's is a walk right like that's if you're talking about love longevity and heart health go for a walk yeah outside yeah don't sit down at dinner go out and just pack a lunch and go for a, a six mile hike like that's that would be my or that would be my recommendation that's what you <laughs> want your husband to do for you on valentine's day so we do that we do that almost every day yeah, yeah so that is that is our couple family love for each other yeah. self-care nature time like yeah. that's part of our life well, okay, so one, one more little point I'm going to make, that a point that you have made, I th- believe it was in Move Your DNA, uh, and then I'm going to ask you to kind of tell everyone where you can get all your stuff and sort of promote yourself. But the idea that, okay, an hour of walking on a treadmill and an hour of walking outside, the like, oh, well, it's only just like the sunlight is the, really the only difference. And that, that concept of your, your brain is used to like seeing large things like perspective rocks and things move past your field of vision as you're walking 
Whereas if you're on a treadmill, you don't have anything passing through your peripheral. And I thought that was like a super interesting perspective, trying to get things, you know, sort of seeing things on a, it's not just about, you know, technically like your physical environment. It's about the things that's passing through your eyesight and how that maybe can change some things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very easy. You can reduce anything to, well, the only difference is a treadmill is inside and overground walking is outside, but you're talking about optic flow, which is the rate at which, uh, as you are moving forward, things that you can see are moving behind you. And that's all part of your, um, balance system. It's part of how your brain makes sense of pacing and all of these other processes in your mind are about sensory input. So you've radically changed sensory input. You have removed, you've separated optic flow um, and the natural rate of optic flow from the rate that your legs are moving. So like your body's like, I'm pretty sure that I'm moving, but there's nothing flowing <laughs> past my head. So right. it requires a, a, a change in your brain to be able to cope with that. And the ability to do that decreases with time. And a lot of people recover um, and they don't recover well from getting off of a treadmill. So if you've ever been on a treadmill, your body sets to the fact that you have no optic flow, no visual input. There's kind of like a detachment there. You get off, and then all of a sudden, you're walking, and then you've got this optic flow going pop by, going past your eyes, and your body like starts kind of freaking out for yeah. a second that you're moving really fast. It was like, I, I don't know what just happened because it, it set a scale. Your body is really good at making whatever behaviors you do normal to you. Yeah. Yeah. It actually shifts your physiology. So like, you're going to do that. That's your new normal. We will adapt to that. And then yeah. when you change it, you can feel this kind of mismatch. So um, that is just one of the differences of overground walking yeah. versus treadmill. But it's an interesting one. And it's one that people can play with to kind of experiment to yeah. see. Well, how it and works. why would anyone like honestly, and, and this is like, why would you choose to walk on a treadmill? Well, if it's like a, as opposed to, watch, to outside, maybe the pouring down rain, maybe to watch or? TV, you know, if you're going to watch TV or read a magazine or something, you know, man, and I, I can't think, uh, I can't tell you of all the things I've done in the gym at that to the bragging montage. I can't <laughs> tell you something that I hated more that seemed like it was going so slow as treadmill work because yeah. <laughs> you're not seeing anything. And that's why I hated it so yeah. much. And that's why I enjoyed part of why I enjoyed when I trained for a marathon, I'm not going to do anymore. But like, as I saw all this stuff, I like, uh, you know, I get to kind of explore, you know, a new universe or whatever, like new neighborhoods and, you know, see different things and, you know, smell different things and, and feel different things. Well, there's a lot of people who are trapped. They feel trapped in their house. Either they're a sole provider of childcare and they have kids and they don't have the ability to do it. There's a, there are a lot of people for whom treadmill walking feels like the only option. They don't even have the luxury of going to a gym. And so I think it's just helpful to just to kind of go, okay, well, if it's if this is a nutrient, you know, if optic flow is something that's going to affect my health, then they can shift things around to make it more of a priority to go outside. So, yeah. or you could put in like huge screens on either side, like on the sides of your uh, the room where you have your <laughs> treadmill, and just have like slow moving trees and things just kind of go past on these huge like a giant screens. like virtual reality yeah. simulator for life. Man, <laughs> soon we won't even have to like go outside to see outside. Yeah. We can just 
wake up and open your eyes and turn on your virtual reality simulator and then life is happening <laughs> well, at you. you should read you happening uh, at life. Ready Player One, Rick. It's a sci-fi <laughs> fiction book. It's actually a really good book, but it kind of talks about that kind of stuff. One last thing. My biggest fear in life, speaking of all this optic stuff, is to get on a... And I will never get on a cruise ship, but for the record. But if I were to get on a cruise ship, my biggest fear is to be, get off the cruise ship and now that being on solid land is my like seasick. Worst fear. It happened. It's called like disembarkment syndrome or something. Is that a real thing? Yes. Forever? Or just like that No, I think like the bad, really bad cases, like it, it's just stuck that way. And that, I would just want to be like, well. So you only feel normal when you're on the water yeah, Yes, now? yes. I don't think this is real. Look it up. Look up disembarkment syndrome. I have re- That's I your greatest fear? Biggest yeah, fear. That's, all the thing that's the thing that you're most afraid of? Other than bears. I'm st- I'm so scared of bears. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I guess Mark's not afraid of me burning him alive. But that would be something I think would rank on the fear list. <laughs> oh, Rick burning by a thousand either. snakes yeah. at the same time. It's pretty, pretty fearful. <laughs> um, you know what? Have you ever read The Expedition? Uh, I don't think the so. The expedition is by Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis was the first and only person to circumnavigate the globe on human power. Oh yes, I have. Uh, I follow his blog. I would like he he did like a, a blog, and I would follow it for a little while. But I haven't read so, his book. Well, the, his book. There's three. The third one isn't out yet because that's how long the trip took years. Yeah. But he so he had a a boat. So there wasn't even a sailboat. He. He had, powered it was the boat with his legs. With his legs, yeah. and so the, the it was like, it almost looks like it looks like a beefed up kayak with a bicycle in it, yes. and he crossed the Atlantic and the Pacific in it. But <sighs> because he was trying, he was going to row, but someone, as someone wisely pointed out, they said, by the time you row across the ocean or however you get there your legs will be so weak that you will be unable to do the land portion the of it. So bison, the only way you're yeah. going to be able to do it is by huh. using your basically your lower half of the body for the bulk of it. So they they kind of retrofitted this giant gonna... kayak boat, although two people lived on it, so it's not as small as a kayak. You yeah. can see it on his uh, jasonexplorer.com with a bicycle. But so after being on the ocean for months and only cycling, so he is using his legs, but he has been on the sea. They could still barely walk when they got off and there, you know, it took a while and to not just the head part, but just from being on the bike, their their way of walking pretty much just looked like cycling. (laughs) So they're like trying to get on another vessel and it was all awkward because you are how you move. Yeah. You adapt to how you move most frequently. Yeah. And so when you're on a boat, you're busy just making all these kind of small adjustments. I can't remember. Um, I don't remember exactly what part of your brain is on the switch, but I don't know. What's the prevalence of dis? Would you call it disembarkment? Disembarkment theory. I'm actually looking it up right now. I can't. I'm trying to find the prevalence on here. Ask but uh, disembarkment. I still think Mark literally just wrote this Wikipedia thing just to uh, <laughs> just to, to trick both of us. No, I swear I saw it on 2020 or something. Oh my uh, gosh, <laughs> nerd. Yeah, well, they they are. You are what you, how you move. It's like also like if you sit all the time. That's why you see so many people like with their thoracic sort of older people, their thoracic bent forward, they can't stand up straight. It's because they've never stand up straight. So your body just stops reinforcing all those little cells and tissues in there that that required that are required to be supple so you can stand upright. So yeah, it goes for it goes for everything. But 
All right. Well, Katie, we are out of time. I really appreciate you doing this. Nutritiousmovement.com. Subscribe on the on iTunes, on the podcast. I'm, I'm assuming you're on Stitcher as well. Where, where else can uh, can people find you? What have you got going? I'm at my house a lot. Um, <laughs> you can call you on the phone. The yeah. phone I'm, uh, I'm hiking. I'm usually hiking around my house. If you run into me, say hi. But uh, Nutritious Movement is probably the best place. Instagram you, as well. Instagram. Yeah. You know, I have a fun Instagram account. You do. I, I, my Instagram account is a very good example of a, a movement-based lifestyle. Yes, if you want to see awesome. one in effect, that is a good place to um, – Follow. I'm sorry. I would love to keep talking to you, but I just found this Malde D'Embarkment, which is a. I found some literature stuff on it, so I'm kind of reading. It's like, okay. I told you. you need to write a, hey, you need to write a book about it, and then like, uh, and just credit Mark, like, yeah. for giving you the idea to write a book about this ridiculous disease that uh, might not even really exist. That I'm terrified 18, of. In 1881, alluded to it at first, a gait imbalance experienced by sailors when they tried to walk on the ground. There you go. <laughs> See, told you. Oh, well, you, you got me. That's my biggest fear now, too. Forget the huge to- the being buried alive in a tomb of snakes. That's right. It's, it's getting off a cruise ship now. No, the, the worst thing is getting off the cruise ship and there'll be a bunch of bears there and yes. you're unable to run away. That oh. is, that's Mark's greatest fear. I just, hold on. I just threw, I'm about to throw up. Katie, let me tell you, I would pay a thousand dollars to watch someone throw Mark like into like a bear's cave. Like, uh, it, would oh, be, it would be the best thing I've ever yeah, seen in my whole life. Yeah, really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, Katie, thank you so much. This will go – I'll, I'll uh, tag you on social media and send you an email uh, when, all, when this goes up. We really appreciate I'll, you I'll, having I'll put on. it on my MySpace. So There you go. Too. Yeah. In your MySpace. <laughs> oh, good. I'll look there with nobody. Yeah. Yes, you'll have to get back in your time machine and go back to 2004 to find That's it. True. But yeah, it'll it'll be there. Awesome, Great. Katie. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. Thank you, Katie. We mentioned her website and her podcast. Check it out. Uh, buy all her books. She is uh, anything that she says. If she was like, Mark, you need to go to a dumpster and eat all the food out of the dumpster. I would be like, okay, and I would eat all the dumpster food. That's actually a thing. People do that. Um, what? People eat dumpster food. It's 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 perfectly good food that it, the people throw away, and it's perfectly wasteful. Um, I posted something on uh, the Facebook page about that a while ago, but uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting. Uh, okay, so humans being human. This is another uh, uh, listener that emailed us a funny story. We set up a time to record. You can also send us an email and set up a time to record. Email the show at Simply Human Lifestyle at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Here is Patty and her story about something interesting. <laughs> I recognize your username as you, you're someone who gave us a review on iTunes. Yes, I remember I'm seeing, the first winner of your uh, That's right. That's right. I, I was like, man, there's some, some reason I remember did you get a bot. Did you get so a shirt? Did we give shirt? We gave shirts away. You did give me a shirt ah. and I wear it all the time. Yes, very awesome. cool. All right. Well, we have Patty on the line, uh, uh, as you as you have heard, and uh, Patty was was someone who a listener, a loyal listener. We just talked since about the beginning, since the very beginning. She has yes. she listened to the uh, Mark Rogers from a men's room in a truck stop episode <laughs> all the way to now, and uh, she shared a story. And I'm going to read like the first couple of sentences of the email, and then let you take it from there because I think that will be a good setup. So. Uh, it is, it is this, my husband doesn't really cook. He's a grill master, but cooking just ain't his 
thing. Take it away. I feel like that's a very common uh, common scenario, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is. And, and partly, as I, it goes on to say, um, he grew up in Pennsylvania, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, it, they really aren't known for their cuisine or their spices. Um, the first time I went to his mother's house, I, um, I think the most exotic thing in the cabinet was ple- black pepper. Ooh. So, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So, his idea of flavor is burnt. If that tells you anything. Yes, yes. So, I call um, that blackened, yeah. Patty. Blackened. Blackened, <laughs> blackened catfish. Yeah. yeah, not the same kind of blackened that I'm used to. Uh. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but I, um, I've worked for companies over the years like Williams-Sonoma and Crate and Barrel, so I've gotten a lot of training. So I can cook, and I like to cook, and I like to do a lot of different things and use a lot of different foods and different techniques. Um, so... But every once in a while, you know, you want a night off. And so every once in a while, he volunteers and says, okay, you know, I'm going to make something. And so, you know, I do relish the, the evenings that I get off. Um, so this goes, so this is probably about maybe 15 years ago that this happened. Um, so some of the details are fuzzy and they've been, quote unquote, corrected since I sent you the initial email. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so one night he offers to cook, his grandmother made this dish that they called Spetzel and Hamburg gravy. And so it's this batter, basically, it's not a dough, like a typical noodle, but it's a batter. And then you like, you run it through a sieve and it creates these little noodles that you put right into boiling water. And then basically like a gravy made up of ground beef that you, you know, have some spices and stuff. And so, you know, not very exciting, but good, tasty, filling, hearty. And these, you know, this is back in my days before I knew the evils of gluten. But um, so, uh, so he made, he offers to make this dinner and he makes the, the noodles. And as he's getting ready to make the sauce um, with the, with the gravy and everything, um, he starts, well, as he's grabbing all the stuff, of course, he has no idea where anything is in the kitchen. So I'm like, in the <laughs> cat. Right. You know, he's lived there as long as I have, but you know, this is it. All the baking stuff is in the cabinet. You know, there's a basket on the counter with onions and peppers and that kind of stuff. So he grabs up all this stuff and he so picks have up you, one of the onions. Have you had, have you had this dish before? So like, or is this something that you've never had? I, I had had it maybe once before. Okay. So it wasn't something super familiar to you. Okay. No, it wasn't. And, and I grew up in the South, so it wasn't a familiar dish regardless. So, um, so he grabs, you know, he grabs the baking stuff from the, you know, all the canisters of flour and stuff from the cabinet. And then he grabs from the basket an onion and it's got a big sticker on it that says Vidalia. And he's like, well, what is this Vidalia? And I said, oh, it's this new onion. And it may not have been new, but it was new to us. Um, you know, this is new. It's, it's sweet. And he goes, well, sweet onions. I said, well, it just means it's not as harsh. You know, it's not sweet, but it's, it's not as harsh as a normal onion. So he's, okay, fine. So he starts chopping and he, you know, he does the batter and he gets the noodles going. And um, so we're not, so this is where there's maybe a little fuzzy. He's not sure if he ran out of flour. And of course I wasn't supervising any of this. I was, you know, probably in the living room watching TV. And he, and so I either yelled, you know, there's more in the cabinet or something along those lines, or he grabbed um, something that who knows, because he didn't look, but so he's making the gravies brown. He's chopping the onions and get those going. And then he's browning the meat and he's adding, you know, his quote unquote special spices to the, uh, to the gravy. 
and it's not thickening. And so he, and he's yelling and I'm like, well, you know, again, I'm not supervising. So I think he's probably just being, you know, very conservative in his sprinkling of the either cornstarch or the flour. And so he yells at me and he's like, Hey, can this go bad? And I was like, no, it's fine. Just use more and turn up the heat. You know, it needs to boil to get, you know, things going. And so he's like, all right. So he's still not thickening and not thickening. And so now, you know, he's like, hey, it's not working. So I come into the kitchen and, um, you know, I just, I look and it's really not. It's kind of just like, you know, soup. So I take some of the, you know, for whatever he's using from the canister and I sprinkle it in there and I crank up the heat and it's not thickening at all. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it can go bad. I, I, I've never heard of that, but okay, whatever. So I go into the cabinet and I find some flour and I grab it and I'm like, all right, we'll just make this work. You know, maybe it was, you know, maybe that was an old batch. I open the, the, the new one and I throw it in there and crank up the heat again. And immediately, you know, it looks like it should, it starts to thicken and everything's great. Okay, fine. You know, all right, maybe lesson learned. Maybe it did go bad. So then we sit down to eat and we both take a bite and stop what we're doing. And it's like the whole world stops turning. It is so disgusting and vile. <laughs> it is. But you're trying to like, the, yeah, this you're is trying good. To like, you, good job. See, the thing is, if you like immediately spit it out, you're like, God, this is horrible. You're never going to get another night off. Exactly. And, and so sound like a nice person. You don't want to be like, hey, what you made tastes like hammered dog crap in my mouth you would be like oh it's just got an interesting ethnic flavor yeah exactly so and to give you a little background uh, he's done similar things where i've ended up with hives so (laughs) i don't want this to be like another like oh crap the boy just can't cook he's trying to kill me so yeah so i'm we try and eat it. We try and swallow it down. And it's just, it's so disgusting. It's like something you would eat on a dare at a fair. You know, it's just, <laughs> dare at a fair. That was it's good. vile. So I am like pretending to eat that same bite. And he's just stirring around in your plate. Like exactly. making it look all Like a little right. kid, right? Well, maybe yeah. if I push it around, it'll look like I ate a lot. So he looks at me and he's like, those gosh darn Vidalia onions. <laughs> And rattles off. He's like, I can't believe you would buy those onions and ruin this. And and everything was the your onion. It was yeah, my patty, you idiot. Exactly, <laughs> my onion. Uh. <laughs> I was like, well, crap. Maybe the onion. You know, I'm like, I- I've never had them be this sweet, but it was like candy. It was just, but not in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's the bad kind of candy. <laughs> so okay, so fine. We don't. We probably got a pizza that night or whatever. We could not eat it. It was that bad. And I hate this food, but we... Because of you and your damn onion. (laughs) Exactly, right? So, and and the story from there is, you know, he goes to work and he tells all his friends about these awful onions that I bought. (laughs) Don't get them. They'll ruin your food. And so, of course, I didn't buy them anymore. And I replaced all the pantry stuff, you know, whatever. So, come up, like, maybe four months later, it's Christmas time, and I'm getting ready to make, you know, my zillion of Christmas cookies. So I'm getting out all the canisters of stuff. And I don't like all those bags of stuff in the cabinet because they fall over and they make a mess. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I put everything into canisters and I ha- I'm like in love with my label maker. So everything has labels and it's all clearly marked. And so I get out everything. And as I'm getting canisters out, one of them is just totally splattered with grease on one side. 
And I'm like, damn it. (laughs) Because, of course, I know I would not have done that. And we don't have children. So who else would have done it? But regardless. So I take it over to the sink and I'm, you know, going to wipe it off. And I notice the label on the top and makes me pause. And I realize, says powdered sugar. So immediately I realized that was not flour or cornstarch he was adding to the It was powdered sugar. It was a buttload of powdered sugar. Uh, maybe if he had used like granulated sugar, it wouldn't have been quite so bad. Or you know, well, I like how even if there was like a huge canister of like powdered anthrax in there, he would have just <laughs> yeah. seen white powder and be like, oh, it's got to be flour. There's nothing right. else in the world. That's powder. He's, he's doing like a Tony Montana, throwing in like a pound of cocaine in this thing. And you're like, oh my God, it's making me so high. It tastes terrible. Uh, well, of course, I have to like, you know, hey, honey, after <laughs> months of listening about how my stupid onions ruined his dinner. I take the canister into his office and I'm like, hey, you notice anything with this? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's got grease all over it. I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, admitting that he had done it. No, um, that's step one. You got to get him locked into a story. You're exactly. almost there. And then I said, well, what does the label say on the top? And he's like, powdered sugar. And then, of course, pauses for a second. Powdered sugar? And then he realizes, of course, what he's done and starts laughing. And uh, and then, yeah, so my, the whole thing rounds up with, oh, I guess it wasn't the onions. Oh, see, your husband, he's taken – okay, he, me and him have been on the same page for this whole thing. But, <laughs> see, my strategy is you don't ever give it up. I'd be like, why the hell did you put powdered sugar in the flour canister, yeah. Patty, yeah. you idiot? <laughs> like, I would still figure out a way to make this very much your fault. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, – Kudos to him for knowing when the jig is up. Yeah. But like, I feel like maybe he's not persistent enough in, in parsing the blame here. What about all the uh, the Vidalia onions that were like protesting outside, like <laughs> holding their little Vidalia onion picket signs? I think when you found out that this actually was his fault, you should have appropriate punishment would have been like, all right. Now I'm going to sit down at this table and I'm going to make you eat five Vidalia onions, <laughs> like an apple. Awesome. Like start to finish, like eating them, like, like tears are streaming down his face. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, that's great. Dang it, had I thought of it. Yeah. Well, that was greatness. Thank you. That was perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. It's so great to meet you. I feel like you're my friends anyway. Yes. Well, we, we feel are your the friends. Same. We are your friends. <laughs> And if you if something else crazy, if your husband does something else like really stupid, let us know and we'll uh we'll talk oh, about men, it. Men don't do stupid things, right. Mark. Men oh, are right. only smart. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's ever anything like that that I have done where it's just like we're just reading the first half of something and then proceeding. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure that's like, you know, the whole directions thing. I, I've learned though to to Look at the directions and not try to, ah, I can do this. Give me the screws. No, uh, he's very good about, like, any piece of furniture that we've ever had to put together, anything. And I'm I'm more like you, Mark, where I'm like, I can figure this out. I'm yeah. an engineer. This is easy. Yeah. And he's more, no, we have to read the instructions because you never know. And, yeah. And so, yeah, he's fun like that. And you can only take a screw out of particle boards so many times. I feel like you should get a tattoo with that on there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Patty, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Patty. That was great. Uh, and if you have a story for Humans Being Human, email 
me or Rick or both. Simplyhumanlifestyle uh, at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. It is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this, this one's not going to be very abstract. It's going to be a very... Uh, easy to do, kind of like the mini habits, you know, just like pick a mini habit. This one is going to be something that we talked about with Katie and that optic flow part of the conversation. It is going to be take a walk outside. If you already do that, take, do it some more. Uh, Be outside. Take a walk outside is the tip of the week. There are many, many, many benefits other than just you know, getting sunlight or and moving and the whole optic flow thing. And, you know, there's just, uh, there's just so many different, you're using your cells the way that they're supposed to, to work is kind of the whole well, idea of Simply Human. So, And I would imagine too, like if you're walking on a treadmill, you're walking like on a flat plane, even if like you do the incline, you're walking yeah. on an, in, like on outside the there's ups and downs and lifts and rights. Like you're just from like a moving different parts of your body standpoint, it seems like at least there's, I mean, you're never going to go outside and walk exactly completely straight, never turning and on like the same like gradient, you know? Yes. So uh, I'm sure that part of it's, you know, well, I've been thinking about that since we talked to we'll Katie also, yesterday. We'll, so. uh, we'll, we'll make it a little bit more complicated. Take a walk outside barefoot. How about that? At least, mm-hmm. at least a portion of your walk because it, there, are, there are good things that happen when the bottoms of your feet touch concrete and touch grass and touch rocks and get sliced open with a like a syringe. Yeah, that uh, seems like a great idea. Walk <laughs> on uh, the beach uh, with a bunch of syringes with yeah. no shoes on. <laughs> so if you can, if you're in a safe area, even if it's not the whole walk, if you see like a, a, a nicely cut lawn uh, you know that you don't think has broken glass or something, take a walk and take some of your uh, take some of your shoes off. Take your shoes off for part of the walk, and that is your tip of the week. Yeah, if you can't do like a walk all no shoes, like maybe just take them off for like a little bit, I guess. But like, yeah, I don't want to like walk on acorns or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, also uh, take your shirt off. Hmm. I actually just uh, someone <laughs> literally, as you were saying that, just texted me an article from the Daily Beast about how to get mar- uh, more beads on Mardi Gras, and I'm oh. like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to read that when I'm more done take, reporting. Take your shirt off. Uh, but we'll say this: if you do have small kids, just real quick about the barefoot thing. Like my son, we'll go on walks, and and he like he'll walk on rocks, and he's he's walking on stuff that even I am like, oh oh oh, and it just doesn't even. It's almost like when they're, they weigh so little, there's so little pressure on their feet that they're not used to being in shoes all the time. It's like if you just start them out barefoot a lot, then it's like it just, you know, all those neural connections will be strong and they'll, their feet will just be strong and not like, you know, my dad's feet are like, you know, he never is barefoot. So when he does take his shoes off, his, his feet look like powdered like donuts or something it's like it's kind of a weird analogy but it's like all they're like perfectly white and just like baby skin you know it's like and they're like it's like the weakest feet we always make fun of him yeah what an idiot your son's a real moron mark really runs in the family all right coming up next time on the simply human podcast molly galbraith is going to join us that will be greatness she's been on she was on like episode Twelve or something. It's been more than a hundred episodes ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be fun. 
Uh, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook, uh, email or uh, Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Go to the store page on our website and look at all the things that we endorse. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Good or bad, any publicity is good publicity. That's not true. If you got went to if you went to jail for burning down a hundred houses, that is terrible publicity. But if you were trying to uh, make money, more people would go to your website and buy your products if you burned down a building. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably if you're not true. trying to make money, if you kill a bunch of people, you might. Yeah, Charlie Manson really got rich off this whole like helter skelter. Well, uh, you know, I could, we could I could go out and shoot someone, and people would still listen to the Donald Trump. Easy there, Donald Trump. Let's not uh, let's go go full Trump. Here. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, thank you for making this part of your day. We know there's a lot of options out there. Uh, we really appreciate you making this part of your day. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, old Mark Rogers up there <laughs> with his Simply Human shirt on, <laughs> face red, going, And meanwhile, every girl in the class is raising their hand like, what does that word vaginal mean? I don't even, I've never even seen that word before. So until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>